0: hello everybody welcome to the please hustle responsibly podcast my name is christina magro and i'm here with christina Veltri and matt cole and it's a beautiful sunny day in chicago and
1: how are you doing christina i'm great uh enjoying all of this snow and sun and really looking forward to today's conversation matt how are you doing
2: Uh, I'm good. Had a busy and slightly stressful week, but now kind of, you know, processing all that and uh, actually signed up for my uh, first therapy session in probably like almost (laughs) 18 years. Uh, So doing that soon. And I'm really excited about that, which was like a very daunting experience because there's so much information to process internally and also with like all the things out there, but, uh, a friend recommended psychology today's website to go through and kind of like narrow down what I was looking for and do that. And I've been able to find someone. So I'm really excited about that.
0: That's great. Max, how are you? That's a huge first step, you know, like, like take throughout that whole <laughs> process is pretty daunting. And like, just to make it through that process and like scheduling an appointment, like that's huge because like finding a therapist is almost like dating. Like you have to You know, see who you vibe with And so that's fucking awesome That's really exciting Congratulations I'm doing uh, You're welcome Uh, I'm doing good over here Um, It it has snowed a lot In the past couple days of Chicago Um, And I have uh, This is my dog's first winter So it's really funny Watching him react to snow And we live on the third floor and our balcony is currently like one big snow drift. So he just kind of keeps getting lost in the snow drift and it's extremely entertaining. So
2: <laughs> I'm having a
0: great time over here. Um, today we have Casera with us. Casera Hill, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing good, y'all. Uh... We chatted a little earlier and I have been on a routine of taking my vitamins in the morning and that's something that's new uh, for me as someone that's not so chronic, uh, you know, vitamin taker, but um, I get up and I have a routine of drinking my water and like preparing my tea and getting my vitamins together and that shit's been really good. And even if it's like not the vitamins that are really doing a thing, it's a little bit of what do you call it when you tell yourself that something's going to happen so you automatically feel like like something's happening yes i have a placebo effect with my vitamins that i take in the morning so i'm hyped off that (laughs) (laughs) i love
0: that um we're gonna get right into it because i feel like we have a lot to talk about today and we're super excited to have you on here not only because we're all really big fans of you but it's also nice to have a family member on here it feels like so do you mind yeah. uh telling everybody like a brief introduction about who you are as a person
3: yeah absolutely hi everyone my name is kasira hill um thank you for the praise uh thank you for the for the fandom uh i am chicago based i Stepped into Chicago uh, into the hospitality industry and um, have worked as you know a manager, worked as a barback, worked as a server, a server assistant, and um, through that kind of process made connections. Uh, here goes my whole. Motherfucking bio, but uh, <laughs> made some connections with some really lovely people, uh, especially initially with uh, Lost Lake and Shelby and her and her team creating Chicago style. And in that connection, kind of stepped into event spaces and public speaking and blending together uh, my background and my education and my like. Uh, interest in anthropology and social critique and cultural uh, commentary, et cetera, uh, have kind of blended that into the sphere of this hospitality kind of speaking space that I've stepped into. And then um, recently, post-pandemic or during, you know, after March, I stopped working in hospitality. I was working as a server at the time and a bartender and, uh, you know, left that industry labor behind and uh, stepped into a more creative role that I've been able to do um, and build from you know hospitality folks from event people and now I'm a part-time business owner of a graphic design company
0: (laughs) that's perfect that leads me into Um, My first question is, it feels like you've had like the transformation from hospitality with a creative side hustle, moving kind of fully into your creative career. And like, how did that transformation happen? And then do you have any advice for other people within this industry who are trying to kind of switch gears and go more... Into the creative realm and left it less into the labor side of
3: it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to tell you this transition. Like, I think on one end of the spectrum, and I'm sure this is for a lot of people that have made this step, whether it, you know, was from working in a hospitality space to curating to go things or something like that. Um, on whatever spectrum, you know, you're doing your hustles. This transition was like on one side, relatively effortless. Because I, to be very candid, I feel like I have this mentality that's pretty subconscious where it's like, oh yeah, I can do that. You know what I mean? Um, And I think that's a really that's a privilege to hold something like that because I know that, you know, folks struggle with being, you know, receiving affirmations or being able to feel confident in their, in their creative, you know, endeavors. But on one side, like I'm saying is I feel like I was like, yeah, I can just do this. I made some event posters in the past, especially, you know, with my, I think one, I don't mean to ramble, but like, I feel like one side, Hospitality people hustle and have a lot of side hustles. And more often than not, we have creative things, or we went to college for something that didn't fit in the realm of hospitality you know, went to college for anthropology or social studies or this or that or filmmaking or whatever and found hospitality as a means to make money, as a means to step into that space and might have gotten more invested. Sorry. So I feel like hospitality people have hustles. We're doing stuff. We've got a lot of different uh, sectors or industries that we're involved in, backgrounds and education that we're in. And uh, I think that we already have those skill sets. We already have that interest. So I just banked on a little bit of me being like, yeah, I could do that um, yeah, I don't need to work, you know, in a restaurant right now. I'm making that personal choice and that's a privilege, but I feel like I can make a pivot. And I think that part of that Amazon. Amazon. I think that part of making a pivot is a little bit of like, yeah, I've got confidence in myself to do it. And I think I'm just gonna, you know, run with it and figure it out. And the other side being like the connections and the people that I worked with in hospitality and beyond were already hustling and rolling and had advice for me to be like, yeah, here's how you start your business. Or even my partner, right. My partner is a freelance uh, videographer and he's been running his own, uh, freelance work for a long time. So that as a resource, I think just resources, uh, for folks that are like, Hey, I don't know how you do what you do, but I'm curious to know how to roll with that as well. Um, So yeah, a little bit of, you know, maybe a little misplaced confidence, maybe a little bit of, you know, you already hustle, a little bit of hitting up friends to get some insights or business owners. If you've ever had a manager or a business owner that you've been close to, I think that those people, especially people in leadership and ownership, have a lot of resources uh, just to chat through, like, how do I send this? Like, how do I even connect with someone? Um, and I think also surrounding yourself with people that are going to promote and support your stuff when you launch it um, is a really is a really good thing. So for any hospitality people or, or anyone that's kind of doing some labor, maybe for somebody else, maybe they're not in a position of ownership, I think stepping into a position of ownership where you're uh, taking fruition with what projects you're working on or how you're doing your creative work or whatever on the side, like... All of that is really just hitting folks up and being confident and making a pivot. And at the end of the day, right, hospitality people especially, we can work one week where we make fat stacks and we can work one week where we walk away with $35 in tips and that's our money for the week. So, you know, worst case scenario, if you start a hustle and it's not super lucrative, you know you can fall back to something, um, whether it be your position in a hospitality space, if you're doing that, or something you know, remote that you can hold down.
2: May I? May I ask a question? Um, Please. When you started to you know go and down this route in a more professional way, did you ever hit that period of being like, now I'm monetizing this thing that I enjoy doing, and it's not as fulfilling or not as fun anymore?
3: Mm. It's interesting. I think, especially um, so. On one end. I have those I have those moments regardless of of what work I'm doing like there are moments where I stepped into the bar at work and I was excited to chat with people and we all feel this right we're excited we're hyped we've got our coffee we're ready to chat we're ready to make some drinks make some connections and then there's other days where we step in and we're like I literally my whole job is talking to people and I don't want to speak to a single motherfucker in here (laughs) don't call me don't don't ask me for anything don't edit a drink don't talk to me about nice whiskey like I don't want to hear it so (laughs) I think it's the same. It's the same push through that we have yeah. when we when we have one of those days at work uh, is one of those creative moments. It's like, yeah, I'm monetizing chatting with people, or yeah, I'm monetizing uh, creating and drawing and and doing stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we have to pay our bills. Um, I think that I think that there are times and places. Uh, to build in moments where you just draw or you just do your craft for yourself, right? There are times Mm -hmm. when we go home and we want to just make a cocktail and we're not making it fancy. We're not doing this or maybe we are, right? But it's for ourselves. And um, I do the same thing with my graphic design stuff or my event curation stuff, right? There are times when I'm like, I really don't want to respond to any of these emails. I've got too much on my plate and this event is coming up. It's like, sis, you know? Take a moment for yourself. You know, you're going to enjoy that event that you're planning. You're going to have, you know, be able to kick back for a second and chat with people. You love that. Look forward to that opportunity and make space for that. If I'm sitting down and doing graphic design stuff, it's like, damn, I just worked 40 hours this week on this one deck for this one portfolio, for this one brand. And now I just need to go watch some TV, ingest some medicine, and, uh, and draw. You know, And there's also times where I just don't want to do any of that. Right. And I lay on the couch for five hours. So <laughs> <ebbs> and flows. <laughs> I think the monetization, though, is a really good point, Matt, because I think especially for someone that's very creative, maybe even more, you know, more creative than I, someone that, you know, is really into different mediums of art and stuff like that and has all this around their house. I think it can be hard to step out of that and be like, wow. Uh, I need to take space for time to create for myself, or I need to sit down and hustle and make this money because this is an opportunity for the stuff that I like to create to, you know, uh, sustain me.
2: Yeah, that's a hell of an answer. It
3: is. (laughs) (laughs) I take on, uh, I take on. I've said it before on Anthropological, but I have a very cyclical way of talking and my dad is the same way. So I blame it on my dad.
0: (laughs) So that's a perfect introduction though. We would like to hear about like all the projects that you've been working on recently, um, the things that you've started for yourself in conjunction with other people and uh, how they all started.
3: Yeah. Fuck yeah. I, uh, I feel like I, at this point, have maybe like six projects on like a back burner that I'm slowly just adding and mixing around with ingredients. So I have my graphic design business. It's Casira Hill Designs doing business as uh, moments or creative moments on Instagram. And I'm also a part of your family, community, contributor, community member, support staff, show up. Uh, you know, engage. I appreciate y'all. And um, I recently joined David Moore um, on his platform, Spill, which was the host or is the host of a podcast discussion series that me and David Moore um, launched last summer, this past summer. And so doing anthropological, getting together with David more on anthropological uh, to discuss a mesh of anthropological theories and cultural critiques and discussions within the hospitality industry. That podcast then built a relationship with me and David, and now I'm just fully on the, the host platform. So yeah, I've got anthropological podcast going on where we talk about dorky anthropological theories and how they relate to hospitality topics or just general food and beverage topics as well. Um, Part of Spill, which is that larger platform, that host of Anthropological, where we're kind of functioning as a media host for... Um, articles and other creative stuff that people want to do in a hospitality industry essentially kind of breaking through like you don't need to be a professional writer you don't need to have an elite um, publication post your stuff we're happy to host and promote uh, any works that people are doing um, because again right always with the hospitality people have a lot of hustles we've got a lot of creative outlets and spill is kind of that host for all of that that's what we're looking to do um, and there's a lot of stuff happening on spill, like through quarter two onward, um, that we can chat about. But that's, you know, that's off in the wind. Um, and then, you know, yeah, like I said, support staff and uh, radical exchange, I'm a resistant served board member, um, just kind of casually putting in um some of my input from curating the event the resistance served event um with Ashton for the past couple of years so just adding my my sense into that uh into that event series and yeah I think I I don't think I've forgotten anything I think that's it I think you
0: did (laughs) I think that's it yeah just super casual (laughs) no no big deal (laughs) I want to focus on the anthropological series really quickly. And um, how did that whole like mindset come to fruition? Like, how did that start? Yeah. What was the idea for that? Are you just like, this is something that I care about. These are like where two of my worlds collide or...
3: Yeah, I think it's definitely anthropological as a discussion series definitely birthed initially out of me, um, birthed right out of me, uh, because I am on this very gradual and long dynamic relationship with whether or not I'm going to get a PhD. And I was thinking about supplementary uh, projects that I can do to kind of showcase my interest in evolutionary theory, my interest in anthropology, my continued interest, um, but also, you know, trying to lend to why or, you know, in applications, they want to know what you've done. Right. So what have I been doing in the hospitality industry for five years after getting my other degree? Right. And so I was like, let's think about ways that I can critically, bring anthropological theory and evolutionary theory into my daily life, whether that be through readings and blah, 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 with the work that I've been doing in hospitality, how can I blend those things together? And also, you know, if I do end up applying, which is still in the air, uh, I'll have this, uh, you know, collection of work that lends to a little bit of, you know, a little bit of padding for the CV, a little bit of application padding, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's so that was the that was the initial thought. What on my end?
0: What is been your favorite uh breakdown like on that series so far?
3: I think uh my favorite my favorite episodes are always the ones that I get to kind of blab on a little bit longer at the beginning about some interesting evolutionary theory. and I think that, My favorite is probably the episode that we had with Chris Scott, where we talked about uh, Chef Chris Scott, where we talked about um, food culture and communication. And I thought that that one was really interesting because I was able to offer some theories to why and how it's important for humans um, and our ancestors to connect and communicate culture through food, Uh, you know, not to get into the whole thing, but I find it just so fucking interesting that human beings, homo sapiens and our um, ancient ancestors, right? And a few other animals on the planet, some dolphins, you know, some apes, etc., cetera, the super intelligent animals, that culture is a part of our evolutionary theory right? We're taught evolutionary, we're taught evolutionary theory, like, you know, we need to reproduce, we need to survive, we need to make sure that we get food. And those are the main factors into what moves our evolution along. And I just find it so goddamn interesting that for a select few of really intelligent animals, including ourselves on this planet, that culture and communication are a major factor in how we evolve. So, I think any conversations where we get to talk about food and culture and really tie that back to how, when, and where that actually made sense for us to evolve that way is is my favorite shit because I'm a dork for it.
0: <laughs> no, I was just like, okay, I'm going to be listening to that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, that's my shit. Um, I think about like, you know, I think about like, why do we eat sitting down or why do we eat standing up or why is our metabolism this way? Or why is it important? What, how did people develop lactose tolerance, you know, or intolerance or all of that? And I think that all of that can be tied. I mean, all of it is tied back to some moment in our evolutionary history that was like, yes, this is important and we're going to make you do it this way for lack of a better, for lack of a better phrase.
0: Hmm. Me being lactose intolerant, I'm like, "Hmm. I would like to figure that out. Being a lactose intolerant Italian is never fun.
3: It's probably because you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of DNA from folks that were pastoralists that were goat or like non cattle pastoralists, because the lactose level in that kind of dairy um, is way lower than way lower than cattle and folks that were herding cattle from, you know, 15, 17,000 years ago, have a tolerance for that. And folks that were not herding that kind of an animal, way lower tolerance because there's way less, way less lactose in sheep and goat there.
2: (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I've given
3: you the diagnosis. (laughs) You've been diagnosed. Thank you, doctor. Um,
0: So I want to talk, I want to go back to something you said before this question, and you were talking about spill and how you have a lot of things, you know, coming down the pipeline, especially after quarter two. Uh, What are some of those
3: things that you have coming down the pipeline can you talk about it yes uh so again I feel like my my theme is like master of none renaissance man of a renaissance person of, of a lot of trades and with spill not so dissimilar to you know my kind of action with anthropological blending anthropology Blending my ability to yammer and chat on, and hospitality conversations spill, and what we have going on uh, for quarter two and moving forward beyond launching anthropological. Uh, one thing is creating a like digital, um, a digital spread, like a news spread. Digital magazine, editorial, etc. Blending uh, my experience and my kind of passion for you know building decks now, just large PDF documents, um, and some art and some articles not written by me because I'm nearly illiterate and cannot write, uh, and so piecing together, piecing together articles by folks and some graphic design elements and some artworks and. Uh, all of that lovely editorial stuff that we'll put together into like a, a monthly, a monthly, or I'm sorry, a quarterly spread that we'll send out to our subscribers so folks can subscribe to it the first time around the first edition is going to be uh free and then whether it be a subscription for the rest of the year or one-time purchases moving forward uh we'll be generating some income for spill so that we can pay some of our guests and contributors uh with the proceeds from the pdf spread
0: that's awesome
3: we don't have a cute name for it yet. So I just keep on calling it by its technical term.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like you have a lot of different projects, different focuses. So it's like you're constantly switching gears. So what happens uh, yeah. when you are like struggling to find inspiration and you hit a mental block? Like, how do you then seek inspiration or kind of get yourself out of that mental space?
3: Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. The past couple months has been more difficult for me in my mental health than I have ever experienced. And I won't say that it's, um, I won't say that it's necessarily impeding my life But I will say that I've had to take moments um, right more frequently than I've ever had to take uh, to really sit down and chill, like to really sit down and chill. And I've gotten better at it. Um, I think that, you know, I find, I found and I find uh, a lot of happiness in going out and seeing friends and having drinks and doing that. And because I am, of the breed of people in COVID right now where I'm really just straight up in my house. I really don't see people. I'm really like, back before I took a break from drinking in January, I was like getting to go cocktails. You know what I mean? Minding my business in my home. So a lot of that source of happiness and a lot of that reprieve that I might take um, when I have a creative block by going out and kicking it. And even in the summertime, maybe just being in the park uh, has really been kind of removed from my daily routine. So I... I have to be more proactive with my mental health now more than ever. And I didn't really foresee this because I think um, I view myself as, and I have often acted pretty resilient when it comes to things and I think that that has been in part because I've had such uh, friend support and you know moments of reprieve and shit like that. So with me being in the house, like I really have to be more attentive, and it's been goddamn difficult. Like with the vitamins, I'm going to the Whole Foods. I was like, I feel quite depressed recently. I need to go to Whole Foods. I need to get some good vitamins. I need to get my vitamin D. Um, I started taking a supplement called. HTP-5, which is like a serotonin, um, like a natural serotonin stimulant kind of for your brain to be like, oh yeah, let's get some of that going on. Um, So it's long, I mean, long story short, it really is just um, difficult, especially when I have to be creative and I have to work and I have a deadline. Um, I've also, I mean, in regards to taking a break from work. I don't have to hustle to death on a project if I can move the deadline back. If I can hit up someone and be like, hey, I know I said I would get this to you. Um, Tomorrow I'm hitting a few delays. If you have flexibility with your schedule, I would love to get this to you in the next couple of days, right? Um, And it also looks like me sitting down When I'm done, when I'm mentally done, I'm done. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to smoke a little bit. I'm going to, uh, you know, eat some good food, make something healthy, maybe have a green smoothie or something and just get my shit right. It's hard though, because also it's like, because I'm in charge of my own income at this point, I don't just go and clock in and have the variability of income that comes with clocking in places, uh, but is rather I'm rather in charge of it. It's just like, I feel like I have to be doing everything, working on everything as soon as someone hits me up about it. And I can stagger work, right? I can say somewhat to someone that I don't have the capacity for this ASAP, but I will hit them back up in this time frame when I do. So just a little bit of balance, but it's very hard. And I've taken a lot of vitamins to kind of give me that placebo <laughs> come in that's, full circle.
0: That's something that um, I've learned just in this quarantine time, which I feel like I should have learned years ago, but um, I had this like awakening <laughs> that like, no one is putting this pressure on you besides yourself to like get these things done to like do these things like no one said this shit had to be done tonight like you're the one who's like creating and and also then like stressing yourself out with the this like these expectations these deadlines that like i put on myself (laughs) and i am like And I, I feel like with this work at home culture, you're supposed to constantly be available, constantly be accessible because you're like at home, what else are you doing? Right. You're like not taking as much time, like set aside times like, okay, today is my day off or I have the evening off or I have like X, Y, and Z. So you like, it's really easy. Personally, I feel like to kind of work yourself into this like
3: I this frantic to... corner like there are de- there are deadlines that we need to meet right like th- i need to do this work by this person's timeline and that's totally lit you know what i mean if you need to set yourself up like if i need to set myself up at my desk get all the things that i need i'm going to you know take a little shot of some kava kava, i'm going to sit down with my tea and I'm going to get this work done, but I'm allowed to stand up and take a break. I'm allowed to go eat some dinner and watch some TV and sit down for an hour and chill or two hours and chill. I'm allowed to take a break from my phone or not answer an email immediately, right? There are times when we have to hustle and we have to get shit done like ASAP. Just set yourself up for success and take a break when you need to take a break. If you need to take a goddamn nap, take a goddamn nap. They say like a 20 minute, 30 minute nap. If you need a full 90 minutes for a reset, push it out. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's hard to tell yourself that, it's very hard for myself uh, to you know, enact that in my daily, if I'm not literally having a conversation with myself, like, hey bitch, it's time to go drink some tea and eat some food, it's five o'clock. You know what I'm saying? There are corporate people out here in the world. There are legislative motherfuckers out here that get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and they don't even answer their email. They don't even answer their phones. They don't pass no bills. They don't got nothing going on. They have a long weekend. Corporate leaders are taking breaks and getting bonuses. It's like, well, I'm trying to take a break and get a bonus. (laughs) 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 These people at the well, top level also, don't even we work.
2: We work in an industry.
3: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we also
2: work in an industry of like almost instant gratification for, for the customer, for the guests, you know, like an order comes in and it's not like, cool, well, like, you, why don't you go chill for a minute and then come back and like make this thing? And it's like, you no, know, the ticket comes in and it's you like, go, go. You got someone on the other side. being like, how long mm. on this dish? It's like a couple minutes. I was like, well, I needed one. It's like, that's not possible. <laughs> but then you got someone that's like so harping, true. At you, harping at you. Yeah. That's so true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. If you're behind the bar, you have the people ordering from you and expecting It's like, I want this cocktail. It's like, all right, you just ordered a a fucking Ramos gin fizz. Like, that's going to take some time. They're like, "Mm, I would like it right now. (laughs) Yeah. My friend's got beers and I want my cocktail with it right now. They stare at you and watch you and they want this like instant thing. And
1: Yeah.
3: I think, I think that's really interesting what you say because I didn't think about that. Maybe that's the tea. Maybe any hospitality person that's listening to this and it's like... I wanna do a side hustle or I wanna start you know, a business. I don't wanna work um, in a business that I don't own right now. I wanna to try to make that shift. Maybe it's the real tea, honey, like us hospitality people need to look at ourselves and be like, this is not a ticket that just came in. This is not, you know what I mean? A send back that we need to fix and get out to someone ASAP. Like these are emails. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> 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 these are straight up emails. <laughs> so yeah yeah i think taking the time it's easy to sit here because i'm not saying anything new but like taking the time and being like what the f do i need right now that's not this is it a cup of tea is it three hours away from this work and coming back to it um i have to actively tell myself that like i have to have a conversation and be like Hey, Kasira, you're feeling a little anxious. I've also, right, I've also been, um, for the first time in my life, dealing with occasional anxiety attacks. Like, wh- I, I don't even know. And maybe it's because I'm not getting up and moving and it's a lot of things mixing around in my head, different projects in my head, emails, you know, did I follow up with this person, this blah, 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 and less of a, okay, I need to go get this, run it over there, pick up that, grab the bus spin, okay, blah, blah, blah. It's less mechanical and more very like existential. So I think that my existential um, anxiety attacks have also really prompted me to be like, what do I need? What I do also
0: need to think you touched on it earlier, like a lot of folks don't have the coping mechanisms and like valves to like alleviate the pressure that they did a year ago or, you know, before. So I feel like when you get done with the shift, um, even like the camaraderie of like being involved in a shift and then like you get done, you go... Have a cocktail you get to like blow off that steam or maybe ride your right. bike home or like you take a you know you drive home you have like time to kind of like decompress shift gears and be like okay i'm now done working my like work day is complete i can transition into a more like peaceful state of mind but it's like when we're in this kind of world it's hard to make that transition from like, okay, I'm done working now. It's time to relax. Like, I know it sounds stupid, but yeah. like, when I'm done with my work day, I <laughs> change. Like I change my Ooh. clothes and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, it's just like a physical, like, okay. Comfy mode is on. I can go like sit on the couch. My work day is complete. Um, yeah. Because, for me, it's like I never would have ever described myself as a social person, but I feel like after quarantine, we would all describe us as people who at the very least enjoy human interaction.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> I think as humans, we enjoy human interaction and it's hard when we don't have that Um, I have the privilege of having a roommate that I've been long-term friends with. We went to high school together back in Seattle and we've been living together for three years and having her here is really great because it's like having a friend. I mean, it's literally having a friend at your house and then having my partner. But, you know, if I didn't have a partner and a a roommate, 100% of me, um, would be not doing well. 100% 100% of me would be not doing well, and that's okay. You know what I mean? I'd have to figure out something else. But I think especially when you are consistently in the house and in the kind of workflow where we're working and we're doing stuff online um, and and distanced, it's like, how do I reset from this? Because I can't just get off of my shift and walk over to Estelle's and have some fried pickles and take a couple shots of Fernet and relax. I could do that at home, um, which that was a part of my routine for a little bit until I realized that uh, my liver needed a break. But you know what I mean? It's just finding those reprieves. And I think that for me as someone, uh, sorry, before we move forward, is it okay for me to talk about smoking weed? Yeah. Oh,
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Um, yeah, I think as uh, we all find our coping mechanisms and I think coping mechanisms for me, uh, is a little bit of leniency and a little bit of discipline, right? Like I sometimes need to tell myself it's time to do the dishes. It's time to take a shower. It's time to go to the gym or time to like be a little active. You know what I mean? And even though I don't want to do it, I know that it's going to make me feel better after or maybe you know I mean like you're saying it's changing or kind of doing a hard reset I might shut my computer and literally not even look at it for the rest of the evening or something just so that I don't pick up and do more work
0: that's great advice so with all that being said um obviously the this industry is hopefully changing um after we get out of this pandemic um but i would like to know what does the future of hospitality look like to you
3: you know i went somewhere to eat uh it wasn't this past sunday but the previous sunday before the snowstorm i went somewhere to eat it was a top korea on western Mm -hmm. and uh I went in there and I was so, I I ordered some dank kind of Mexican Korean fusion food and they had really good veggie uh, protein substitutes in there. So I rolled up in the restaurant to pick up my to-go order and they had uh, their homeboy at the front doing the online delivery, checking the bags and stuff. On the left side of the restaurant was this super dope mural and a full wall of pantry items and non-perishables and then a refrigerator inside yeah right and i'm really here for and there's other examples of, of bars and restaurants that are doing something similar but i'm really here for hospitality looking like a full community space um, I'm really looking for small restaurants and businesses uh, that are, you know, one-off ownership uh, to really engage and offer things for the community and being a community space, whether that be a community refrigerator or a food drop-off or a reliable place to drop off any donation items. Maybe they make runs on a certain day. Um, They're activating and doing and hosting pop-ups for other uh, non-brick-and-mortar business owners that want to sell stuff out the window or what have you. Um, And I'm looking for hospitality, right? That's small businesses. I'm looking for hospitality groups, people that own multiple restaurants or multiple locations uh, to have the kind of a, a better design of a corporate ladder than corporate ladders have on their own, right? I'm talking about positions and a layout of a business structure, whether it be your one restaurant or your five different restaurants and bars, where if someone gets onboarded, these are the exact pathways where you move up and you start attaining ownership or a fraction of ownership in that business. Like if you're onboarded as a new employee, I want to know as a new employee, how I step up when my uh, like review marks, six month review marks, I want to see my upward trajectory and how if I want to take on a position where I'm in leadership or I'm in part ownership, I want to see how to get there. And I want that to be clear because they have that on the back end at restaurant, um, you know, groups with people in the office and stuff. I want to see that for people on the floor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think it, I think the hospitality industry as a whole uh, from the smaller end of the spectrum, really heavily community involved, really a community space. And then on the larger, more corporate end, I really want to see people have an upward trajectory in that business. That's very clearly outlined, very accountable. And if I do want to learn about owning a restaurant or do want to learn about being in a corporate space on the hospitality end, then those positions are available and those trainings are available. We we align with that. <laughs> You're like yes.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we have this so- like every week, but I don't understand what the. I mean, there's no benefit in keeping secrets as a business owner because all that you get is people leaving and not singing your praises. Whereas if you support your people you have people who leave as an extension of you. Yes.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, all all these people keeping secrets think they're very slick and it's like, everyone can tell that you're like stressed about something or that like something is going on. Even if it's a good thing, you're trying to keep it a secret. Now people are stressed about this thing that they don't know what it is, but you're like keeping it from them. And it's not a good environment in in an already stressful environment.
0: You're never right. as good of a liar as you think
2: you are. For real.
3: <laughs> right, and we, you know, what do we talk about at work? We talk about tea, right? We're standing mm-hmm. there in the hospital, in a bar space, at a restaurant, chatting with our coworkers in the back or in the front, and we're talking about tea. And if that T happens to be the fact that, you know, you're not hiring up or you're not supporting your employees, you're not giving them benefits that actually make sense, then we're going to talk about it. So, uh, you know. Catch me when I go back into the hospitality industry, just throwing all the tea and shade around um, (laughs) in my workspace in a professional way, but you'll get dragged. That's fine. Sure.
2: But I mean, those (laughs) conversations should be happening. You know, it's like the whole thing where people are like, oh, you don't talk about salary. You don't talk about how much you make. It's like, no, you absolutely should be having these conversations. Like people should know these things because that way they have better tools to advocate for themselves in these scenarios rather than like having this one guy be like, I'm going to pay you $3 an hour more than everyone else, but don't tell anyone. And it's like, yeah. Well, and
1: those ideas are outdated for successful businesses, like mm-hmm. tech companies, um, like fortune 500 companies. Like they are all moving towards financial transparency because they understand how it benefits their big picture like and their workplace culture like their staff
0: retention and like people are finally doing research and like quantifying turnover and how expensive that is to invest in people and then have to retrain people etc so a lot of these like tech companies are like oh it's almost become trendy to like start profit sharing more like employee yes. given, uh bonus structures and it's like oh we're just figuring this out now that like if you invest in people they will invest in you back like yeah okay and yes.
1: then this business that's trying to like pinch two pennies is like let's continue using these archaic strategies so that we can yeah. continue to like, fall on that of like Our margins are so small to justify which is just like they're just using lies to continue their mission which is in my opinion oppressing people yes yeah
3: you're right
0: yes yes i would love
1: it's factual
0: (laughs) oh the margins are so slim but let me just like go home to my 2.5 million dollar house like
3: Yes. Those margins yes. are slim, honey. I need to yeah. get in my Mercedes and get out of this restaurant.
2: <laughs> when, I, when I sat down with ownership at a, at a restaurant group talking about pandemic things and like how to operate to make everyone feel more comfortable, that was like one of the things I, was like, I could lose my lake house. It's like, all right. <laughs> like <laughs> None of us. I have could lose housing. my this, only this form doesn't... of housing yeah. <laughs> yeah. that I don't right.
1: own. Yeah, I could, I could
2: lose, lose my ability my... to pay my landlord an exorbitant amount of money to st- fucking stay in a small bedroom. So right. cool. I, we're we're on the same page. That's great. I, feel I
3: like think the... what you said. Sorry. I think what you said, Christina, about transparency is a really crucial point for the hospitality industry, the dynamic between employee and owner and the transparency there is so important because I think everyone has stepped into a position at some point in time where they're like yep I applied to be a bartender yep I got a bar back position yep I don't know what my income is going to be because everything's based on tips and they can't give me an average and I don't know when I'm going to get trained up to be a bartender even though I applied for that position and everything's kind of gray and I'm kind of just committed to being here now (laughs) because I need to pay my bills
1: like yeah Yes. Well, and on that note, like how many companies use that? Well, we like to start everyone from the bottom because it like builds this community. And you're like, Okay. I mean, you, you give into it once you're like, okay, I'm willing to take one for the team. Like, I think I want to be part of this business. And then you realize that that's bullshit and you're just stuck there because you are willing to do the work and nobody, they don't want to find somebody else to do it. And you're like, but if I had to start at the bottom and now I'm just stuck here, am I ever gonna, (laughs) but they don't want to have that conversation. Like,
3: Or are you a functioning human being in the hospitality industry that actually shows up for their job on time and does their work? Are you ready to take on more work and not get paid anymore just because you show up on time and a reliable human being? Like, great. Welcome to management. <laughs> yeah. Right. Looks like you're fit for management. Yay.
2: <laughs> I mean, realistically, the only, the only place that I had a six-month review at was Bacchanal. Like I don't think I've ever had Mm. a six month review in any other kitchen position that I've, that I've been in, you know, and you're just like, well, when, when do I get to ask for, you know, my 50 cent an hour raise?
1: When does that,
2: when does that, when does that happen?
3: Yeah,
1: exactly. Either you have to request those reviews or they're just, they're just that like affirmation for the ownership and not a conversation about compensation.
3: Mm -mm. Right. Right. And if you're lucky, you get a manager or someone that's interviewing you as being like really lovely and great to talk with and very motivational. Um, That's great. And worst case scenario, you get a manager that doesn't even know why this review is happening because they don't even know when they're going to get their review. And they don't know when they're going to get a raise. And they don't even care to be at this job anymore because they've been underpaid and working 65 hours a week.
0: Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yep. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully i like to remain optimistic in this situation. I w- would like to think that one, we know that the industry cannot continue at the way that it has been continuing. So I hope from a position of ownership management and leadership that that these folks specifically take on the challenge of redirecting the ship here and writing how uh, the industry should move forward from this point on. I feel like it shouldn't fall onto the laborers who are like their Mm -hmm. livelihoods are contingent on this industry. But I feel like I like to remain optimistic, but I would also like to hope that as like a workforce, that we hold our leadership more accountable and we refuse to accept the conditions of which we used to in the past. And we hold them accountable and we expect more from them. Because if we all go running back and accepting the way that things were before, we will not move forward. This industry will not move forward. And then there'll be the same 5% getting the majority of the pie while the rest of us continue to work in a broken system.
3: Absolutely. 1000, percent And if you don't want to participate in that system and you want to step outside and make your own business, hustle it, rock it out, you know, take breaks, hit up your friends that also own businesses and be like. Fuck this. I'm going to start selling my own syrups or I'm going to start selling my own cocktails or I'm going to start a graphic design business or I'm going to start event curations and host podcasts like Mm -hmm. rock it out, honey. And even when you don't you need to do it, if you don't stuck, want to do it,
0: right, like, if yeah. you think you're stuck, you're not just think about the things that like bring you joy and how you can do that more often. And if you want to monetize it, monetize it. Yes. And if you don't, you don't have to, right, hopefully, it just is a source of peace, and it brings you joy. But on yes. that note, I have one final question for you. What does the future look like for you?
3: Oh, snap. Okay. The future looks like for me on a on a mental and physical level. um, I am able to work out a couple days a week. I'm able to take my vitamins and eat good and healthy vegetables and get my fiber um, and take care of my skin. And um, sometimes get organic foods that are available and around and in season. I think uh, you know, on a on a work level, the first six months of this year are going to be in part me working on side projects. You know what I mean? Like being a part of community groups and organizations and spill and everything like that and working in that outlet creatively um, and hopefully building some revenue, you know, with and for so that those orgs can continue to function and pay people and do all of that. And then, you know, I'm really just leaning into graphic design work at this point. Like I'm really leaning in hard. I am doing a lot of branding uh, stuff for small businesses. I'm doing some decks and some brand guides and stuff like that with larger businesses, event stuff, you know, fill in the gaps um, from focus on health is happening. Uh, so, you know, doing event series and creating with other hospitality people like that is something that I really, really enjoy. And um, just continue to, you know, roll in the stacks. I, I, am thankful for the privilege to have had made more money in the seven to eight months that I've worked in graphic design than I have in a year of working at a position, like a bar back position at a bar. Um, And that is lit. So I'm just going to keep on that wave and continue to Connect with new clients and be creative and increase my prices and ask for more money and <laughs> do do my work.
0: Know your worth.
3: Yes, ask for more money. If that is that is that is the anthem for the first three months of my twenty twenty one. Is you are worth more money. Ask for for more money. <laughs>
0: Well, undercutting yourself just undercuts everyone else around you as well, Mm -hmm. because then you are telling folks that that is the standard and you're also doing yourself and, and everyone who does what you do a disservice by not actually quoting what you're worth, just like how Matt touched on earlier about how we need to talk about more, how our pay structures are, uh, salary, things like that, like, transparency is good you need to know like what the people around you are charging as well to make sure one you have a good baseline and two that you're not screwing yourself over
3: yes yes our labor is worth money you know what i'm saying and it takes time a little bit But you got to, you got to rattle some people, you got to shake people down a little bit, whether it be your, your ownership or your leadership in your position at a physical place, or you're, you know, shaking people upside down via email being like, actually.
0: (laughs) And somebody always told me once, like, you will ultimately be respected more for asking for what you deserve versus undercutting yourself um, in the long
3: run, because the perception of value is a real thing.
0: So,
3: yeah. And I think it's, you know, the last, the last point that I'll make about, um, and I just had this conversation with another friend that was looking to get paid more money. Um, you can ask, like, if I'm pitching a pro- if you're project-based and you come and someone, a client comes back and it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's fine. You didn't ask for enough money. They should be coming back like, are you willing to work with this budget, right? And that's totally fine, right? No, you're not gonna lose a client from being like, this is normally what I charge, but I'm willing to talk about what your budget is and they give you the budget and that's great. You go into your work position and you're like, hey, this is how much money I'd like to make. Is that possible in this space? If they say no, right? The the follow-up is how can we make this happen so eventually we get to that position, right? These are not... Um, make or break or high stake questions or statements to make, right? You could ask for more money or state that you need more money and it's relatively low risk because anyone that's actually professional will come back to you with a counter offer or a counter proposal with what that might look like in the future.
0: Right. Well, because I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending the afternoon with us and sharing some of your light with us. It's very inspirational. And I hope that other hospitality folks find inspiration in um, how you've transformed your career from kind of boots on the ground hospitality, but still being in hospitality, but not having to be a part of that labor force. So, yeah, there's options out there. Um, And whatever you choose to do out there, just please always remember to hustle responsibly.